0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Pass the Post. Sunday, June 26th. Hope it was a, a winning day for you yesterday. was certainly a great day of racing at Eagle Farm. The Tattersall's hosting the last Group
1: 1 of the season. And Nathan be fittingly, it was a Queensland victory. Yeah, it was. It was a good way to finish off for the locals, wasn't it? Uh, she knocked on the door for a good while this season, and um, uh, good luck to them. She just missed out in Sydney, but uh, made amends there yesterday. Of course, another
0: highlight, the Battle of the Bush... Uh, I was saying on Friday morning, I get the chance to watch this race and not broadcast, and Brett Moody did a terrific job. We we enjoyed his company yesterday. But to, to watch the race, and watch it from another broadcast box, the atmosphere, the mm. crowd goes electric in the street I couldn't hear the last part of Brett's call. I had to watch the replay. But uh, again, Olivia Cairns and Justin Stanley coming up trumps.
1: And punters really sorted that race out, didn't they? He just kept trimming up uh, as we got closer to start time, and um, they got it spot on.
0: Other highlights, of course, uh, a training double of Kelly Schweder. He loves this day. He's won the Tats Tiara twice. He didn't win that race yesterday, but he won two of the feature races. And uh, amazingly, Juan Diva scratched last Saturday, when we thought she was probably a good thing, but uh, they just had to wait one week, and she collected the Healy Stakes the last race yesterday. They were but just a few of the highlights of the Tattersalls meeting, and that's our main focus today. And don't forget, of course, past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing, and as you heard there in the advertisement they are ra- reigning winners, left, right and centre, everywhere. We, we told you spiritualised last week. Watch for him next Saturday at the Sunshine Coast. He'll be hard to beat in that two-year-old race. Archerparkracing.com.au. that's the website to go to. Let's get into the action now. We'll go to the Group 1 Sky Racing Tats Tiara. A wide betting race, nearly $6 the field. Ana Vista was the favourite. It was the first beaten. The Tiara Field heads for home. Short of 400 left to run. Ana Vista quickly beat it. Snapdancer went to the lead from Palaipan. Running on strongly Kiku. Charmy baby boxing away. Then in a away game. Snapdancer in the centre of the track. The leader from Palayapan. Here's Start Tonez. I notice her running on strongly. Palaipan the inside Snapdancer. And Start Tonez driving through the centre. Is it hers? Yes, it is. Start today, one won the tiara. Beat home, Snapdancer and Palayapan Fourth not certain. A tissue is there. Charming baby not far away with shout the bar away game. Then ridden beauty and nudge. Followed by at the head of the others, Vangelic. Visto dropped off. Then Yamazaki, Brooklyn Hustle. Kiku a long way back with Enchanted Heart. And bring the ransom last home. No bad luck today. It's a Queensland victory. It certainly was and there was no bad luck either as she... Cut a sway through the field up that Long Eagle Farm straight. I had a bit of a bonding moment with Rob Heathcote earlier in the week. It didn't mean a lot of the time, but I thought about it yesterday after the race, and I was delighted that Rob could train the winner, and not only train the winner, but race the horse with, as he described, not a group of owners, but a group of friends, and he's been kind enough to join us as our first guest this morning, quite appropriately. Rob, good morning, and congratulations. Yeah, thanks,
2: David. Good morning, Nathan. Uh... A little bit dusty, I came this morning, but uh, Doesn't <laughs> we like celebrated. It. We celebrated long and
0: hard, and you are very much entitled to. It. I just want to say one thing before before we get stuck right into it. The last time the last time you ever put a bridle on a horse, I think you'll look at your training career and say, "I've never had a Group One winner in a, a capacity field that had such a trouble free run up the straight." And this is a filly that. As a, as a dynamic finish, but sometimes she relies on a bit of luck and, and no bad luck. What a delight to watch that, that filly just steamroll through the field and not be impeded. one skerrick.
2: Oh, 100%, David. You caught it spot on because that that is indeed what's happened <coughs> at a previous... Well, certainly not so much the Stradbroke, even though she did get back and she was, you know, checked a little bit. But yesterday it was just a dream run through and funnily enough, I actually... I said to Jason Collette, pre-race, I said, mate, you've just got to sit back you've got to uh, wait for Moses to part the sea and away you go and that's exactly what
1: happened. Rob, you go to the Australian Stud book and look at Star Tonto, as it says, bred by Mr R Heathcote, Queensland. Does that add extra satisfaction to her becoming a Group 1 winner?
2: Very much, Nathan. Um, as I said in my uh, acceptance speech yesterday it, and David alluded to, it, it meant more to me winning that race because of those that are involved in the ownership of the horse you know they're they're not owners they're, they're my best friends As simple as that their family we go we go way back i mean cantantes first came into my life when i first started you know that was way back in i don't know 1998 or 99 or something and you know she was just a fantastic producer and she's produced fantantes who you know is just carrying on this wonderful legacy and you know, a long way to go. I mean, we've still got some crackers coming through. A little like Katarina, She's the spitting image of start-time days. And while she may not be good once, she's, she's bloody good. And we've got a nice spirit of boom youngster coming through as well. So, happy
0: days. What I, what I said before about uh, having an unimpeded run, I don't want that to detract from the, the, uh, the stellar performance because while she had that trouble-free run... You've still got to do it, and, and there's no doubt, Rob. You've you've trained now for, for a few decades. This filly possesses one of the strongest finishes I think that you would have had out of your stable. But you know, to come from last to win a Group One, it's no easy feat.
2: Exactly, and 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 I got to pinch by myself. I'm I'm in the office here now at the stables, and I watched the replay a couple of times. I just had all the ownership group the the link on you to the win and. And, and I, I agree with you, David, it's quite extraordinary because you can't even say it was a, a tempo-biased race no. because, you know, the, the second and third horses both raced on the speed and she clearly came from last. So, you know, every horse had their chance. And to do that, it, it just really adds to the merit of a win. And, and she's been desperately unlucky. We know she just got beaten us around, in Sydney by a whisker and, and she was... She was huge in the flight stakes as well, running third, and she ran a huge race in the in the uh, what it, the, uh, the, the Golden Rose where she ran fifth behind Animal, and I mean, she, just, she deserved that, and mm. to, to get that Group One win on on the board is no more horse than my stable deserved it as much as she does.
0: I'll just qualify your remark there with the facts. They ran the time of one twenty three one seven. The last six hundred. Thirty-five one eight. So they've got out the first half mile, Nathan, in forty-eight. That's that's not breaking records by any stretch of the imagination. and Rob makes a good point, second and third
1: were on speed. Yeah, and I know Nashra Willer and his post-race comments oh, that the tempo of the race didn't suit us <laughs> on, on nudge. So this horse overcame that. Rob, this win sort of dates back to, I think, February, where you made the decision, and I thought it was a big call at the time, to pull up stumps after you'd gone so close in the surround there in Sydney. It would have been easy to press on into some of those other Group 1 options, but you were steadfast in, in believing that the best thing for her would be just to have that little break and, and aim up at the big features in Queensland.
2: And um, further to that point, Nathan is we're Queenslanders. We're we're here. We live here. We can go to the races. We can watch a race and to see most of the owners there yesterday. Nev Nev Brownlow couldn't be there. He's got a touch of COVID, but um, you know most of us were there. And and it's what it's all about. Winning yes is great, but to you know the hugs and kisses and tears and Campaign and the whole lot. That, that's what it's all about. So that, that's part of the reason we've done it. And interestingly, and I know it's a question you're going to ask shortly, where to now? First, first message on my phone I saw this morning was from James Ross <laughs> at uh, the Australian Surf Club. Would, would you like to? except the invitation for Car Santes and the invitation, the $2 million race at, uh, at Randleck in October. So <laughs> it's thrown another spanner into the works, where we go and what
0: we do. Yeah, I, and that's where I was coming to. So you, you read my mind. You, you, you sort of mixed messages yesterday in, in your presentation speech or in your post-race speech. You, you talked about Melbourne, and then you said you might have to reassess that. And now we're talking Sydney, and... I suppose um, it's a great position to be in because it's almost an embarrassment of riches. There are so many options, but you've got to choose wisely, haven't you?
2: Well, you do, and look, there's another race I haven't even mentioned yet. It's called the Golden Eagle. Mm. It's 1,300 metres, four-year-old, $8 million. Wow. We've <laughs> <laughs> got some thinking to do, but uh, I can't... <clears throat> Melanie, let me say Melanie's... You know, Mel travels my horses. he's done, done so successfully for years, particularly with buffering, and... You know, we're going to take off fire and and keep the boom down in Melbourne, and it'd be great to have on as part of it. But you know, the lure of the, the Sydney Witch, is you know it, we may have to be in two places. But
1: we'll see how it works. So in the, that vigorous debate that would have been taking place last night amongst uh, many glasses no, Bruce of red,
2: was too drunk. He talk
1: his, uh... <laughs> I was going to say, who's going to win the argument? Like Bruce, Bruce Harry's adamant that she needs a good long break. But have you have you won that argument with him yet, or is that still to be played? No, out?
2: no, it's it's still going. We'll uh, probably continue that later on this afternoon. I might pop over there and say hello to Buff and give him a carrot and uh, <laughs> continue the discussion with Bruce. But <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting point you make, Nathan, because. She hasn't really had a long spell in the last 12 months. She's had a couple of little three-week breaks. But she's not big, but she's stocky and she's solid. And I'm always wary of her getting too fat. Um, She she puts weight on very quickly. So maybe three, four weeks is her optimum spell time. And we'll see. We'll we'll evaluate it as we go forward. First of all, I've got to get hold of my VRC calendar and map out a good plan for her.
0: Just on that, with, with all of these races on the table, on the agenda, um, what do you think is her most effective distance?
2: Well, yeah, that's something we talked about last night too. I mean, she did run third in the mile flight stakes, Golden Eagles, 1,500. She won a group one yesterday, 1,400 coming from last. She's raced well over 1,200, but we know her, her tendency to get back uh, is not going to... <clears throat> be conducive to a success over 1,200. So, I, I think probably 1,400, David. You know, a, a good, reasonable tempo in a race, as we saw yesterday, since was so super effective. But oh, I actually think you would get the mile, mate. The Meyer Classic stuff. Oh, I mean, even that, that, that wonderful race they have in Perth. I went over go few years back with a nice little horse and had some success. I wouldn't mind going back again. <laughs>
0: Do we've, we've only left out
2: Adelaide and Tassie
0: at the moment I, have... I know and I promised my
2: dad i will take one down <laughs> <the tough> one.
0: <laughs> just, um, just two quick things before you have, uh, three quick things um, the jockey uh, I, I've never met him but I listened to him in interviews, post race interviews, pre race interviews very modest man and uh, sounds like a, a really nice bloke he is.
2: He's a cracker and, and very measured in what he has to say. He, he, he doesn't say much. His, his presentation to the ownership group yesterday, as he walked away, a, a few of the guys just took their heads and said, wow, what a professional. And that, that's everything about Jason Collette. You know, I, I rate him in the top half a dozen riders in the country. You know, I think that was his fifth or sixth week one yesterday, but there's plenty more to come for this guy.
0: Well, the short and long-term campaign with Stardays hasn't been decided as yet. Is there any more certainty with where Rothfire is heading?
2: Uh, he will go to Melbourne. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. And, and, and I've just got this this thing in my mind. I, I really think he will love the Flemington. Just just the way he races, and I think he'd be a great straight track horse. And there's some fantastic races up that uh, that beautiful 1200 metres.
1: Do you also think, though, with Rothfire, Rob, now you've got a $750,000 race up at Toowoomba sitting there in a million-dollar race (laughs) on Magic Millions Day?
2: Oh, we're going to that. That that was the sweetest news I read all last week. (laughs) I mean, Queensland bred, Queensland trained, uh, $700,000 race up at Toowoomba. That's It's it's fantastic. In in fact, we even discussed it last night. Let's buy a slot, boys. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) What time did you pull up, Stubbs? Oh, I
0: was late. I don't know. I never looked at my clock. I just went to bed when I passed out. <laughs> anyway, look, uh we do we do appreciate you joining us this morning. You're always very good, uh very good with the media. And just as you go, this isn't a question, it's a statement. You mentioned before about this ownership group being friends, not owners. They're there in ordinary times as well as good times. Yesterday was not a good time, it was a great time, but I know they're there with you when, when you need them and um, that's important as well. Thanks for joining us this morning. David,
2: it's part of the success of any stable and, and it's why I do it. I, I no longer do it for the money, but it helps. I and do it for the love of the game and uh, the friendships and associations. It's, pretty, it's wonderful. And I
0: know it's, uh, I know it's um, after the ball, but happy 40th to Vicky as well on behalf of <laughs> everyone here. <laughs> She'll love you forever. <laughs> she, she looked radiant yesterday after the race. Good on you, mate. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Cheers. There he is, Rob Heathcote, joining us this morning, the trainer of Star Todde's. Not much more to say because um, we can't look for excuses in the beating
1: brigade. She came from last and she beat them fairly and squarely. Uh, yes, yeah, snap dancer was huge. Um, she got left in front a long way out after crossing um, from the wide gate, so she did a big job. And Pelesa Pen was, was very good as well. Mm. She had to work across as well from the, from the 11 gate and, and battled on really strongly. I thought of you watching this replay.
0: You made a point yesterday on Select Racing that you thought coming towards the end of the day they'd start to use more of the track. Mm. And that was certainly the case. And as they used more of the track, there were gaps. The seas
1: opened up, yeah.
0: It's a, it's 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 incredible to watch just to see this filly right on song in full flight, just mowing them down. I haven't seen a a performance or a run like that in a big field. I mean, how many times have we seen her mm. held up or chopped out or or, you don't know, have to wait for a run. No dramas yesterday in the race had
1: really counted. Look, I must confess, I didn't think she was going as well here in mm. Queensland as she had um, down south. Uh, Rob said uh, Jamie Carr felt she possibly could have won the Fred Best where she finished ninth. I thought, thought you know, she had a chance in the Stradbroke, beaten four lengths, and as it turned out, that proved to be the right right form. So, um, like you say, I think she's... The, the right horse has won because she's given the start and a beating.
0: And uh, you know fillies of this caliber, horses of this this quality, um, there's so many options there. So it's a it's a difficult time, but it's a fun time for them.
1: Yeah, it's a, that's what's happened in Sydney, isn't it? He talks about a two million dollar race, and then there's is it ten million this year? The Golden Eagle Are they upped it to, to ten. I now? think it's twenty million. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, not sure. Like I lose like track. a number out of the year, but I lose track. But then with at least she's a mare, so twelve months on they can go to the the, the in in Melbourne. So yep, it's embarrassment of riches to choose from. That's for sure.
0: Well, it's the Tannasol's Tiara, done and dusted for 2022 and giving Queensland their third Group 1 during our Carnival, of course, alongside Mm. Gypsy Goddess in the Queensland Oaks and Apache Chase in the Kingston Smith Cup. By
1: my count, that's the first time since 2014 that uh, the locals have won three Group 1 races at the Carnival. So good effort all round.
0: I don't argue with you on statistics, so we'll put that down as correct. Let's go to the last. The the club's feature sprint of the year, the Healy Stakes. Uh, King of Sparta was very soft in the market. Shooting for gold was backed heavily to beat it. In the home straight. Dr. Zeus a long shot. Tackled by Prime Candidate. Rangers comes calling. Down the outside, Juan Diva. Shooting for gold putting in a game run. And Alpine Edge right down the outside. Juan Diva went up on the outside of Prime Candidate. Shooting for gold is trying hard. Juan Diva reaches the lead now. Shooting for gold can't get it. Prime Candidate battling on like a tiger. But Juan Diva too good. Juan Diva won the last. Beat home Prime Candidate. And Rangers shooting for gold didn't run on well enough. Baller Not Far Away with Simply Flying to the Rail, then King of Sparta, Garibaldi. April Rain, Grey Worm, Alpine Edge pulling up quickly, then Blondo, Dr. Zeus, and Mass Destruction was last over the line. Well, Joseph Collard just kept on keeping on. partnered Star Tonto's to victory and then collected the last with Juan Diva, prepared by father and son combination of Richard and Will Freeman. And Will's our next guest here on Pass the Post. Will, good morning morning how are you boys very well and and so you would be considering these things don't often happen like this you scratch a horse seven days ago to try and you're fairly confident you can collect black type that day she's against her own sex she's in a very winnable race Uh, you make a call scratch her because of the track seven days later she comes out does it tough and actually wins a harder at, at a group race so it's really played out well for you
3: yeah, I was half questioning the decision when she was three wide without cover. <laughs> I was thinking I've made a meal of this. But the, the reality is for that mare is that once she gets on sort of shifty testing ground, she she loses a bit of confidence and she doesn't put in put in her best effort and um she's just had no luck with barriers and Jason wrote her as 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 instructed and as well as he could. We just we didn't get any favours yesterday. It was, it was just very good to see her tough it out and um, there might be better things in store for her next season.
1: I was going to say, Will, we saw her here back in December. She ran well in that stakes race behind Miami Flyers, but she seems to have lifted her form to another level this time around.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought she was pretty unlucky um, the start before... her recent win, I can't remember the name of the race off the top of my head, but she ran fourth there and she did it tough again, three wide without cover and got swamped late by Najmati. And Mm. um, I think, yeah, she's just, she's really improving and she's, to be fair, a lot of the credit needs to go to Brian Smith, who looks after our horses up in Queensland when they stay for extended stays. And she's been up in Queensland for the best part of six weeks. So... There has to be a good amount of credit for him and his team for how they've presented her. And I was even just watching her in the yard from home and, and thinking, wow, she looks; she's still got that beautiful summer coat um, and was gleaming. So a lot of credit has to go to him.
0: Yeah, it's just a two-way street too, Will, because he's always very proud. In fact, he's, he's privileged that he, he looks after the, the, the Freedman horses when they come up here from, from your stable. And he's been delighted with One Deaver. And as you mentioned, uh, fourth in the Bright Shadow, that was the day it was gloomy mm. and dark. That run was in the Helen Coghlan behind Najmany and she was very brave that day and of course it, it, I, I don't think we'd lose sight of this win yesterday. This was a group three race. She drew near the outside gate, did a <laughs> tough no cover and was was too strong for them. You'd probably say a career, career best yesterday.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, would, you definitely would. That, that yesterday sort of We'd been toying with the idea with Trelawney for a little while about whether we'd race her on next season or she'd go to stud this season. And so the tendency, even before yesterday, was she's getting better. We may as well give her another year. She's a long time a broodmare, and I think yesterday really confirmed that she's on an, on an upward trajectory now. So you don't want to you don't want to die wondering, thinking where she she might have gotten to. And I mean, I, I only related and I'm not at any stage saying she she'll be as as good as forbidden love but there was a period in forbidden love's uh career where she'd only want to listed in a group group three and particularly mares you find if you can get them in a purple patch of form sometimes they just keep improving even later in their careers so no yeah certainly I thought all three runs um the last three runs were all good the the bright shadow she it was a it was you could hardly see up the straight if I remember, and Tommy Berry wrote her and said the same thing. There's a she'll pick up one of these group races this season, and then another ounce of bad luck it in uh, the Helen Cogley, and then yeah, I, I, I agreed. I think last start was was definitely a career best.
1: Uh, on a personal note, Will that win, win yesterday obviously means a lot to to you and your Dad. When the first Black Type win for the pair of you together, is that right?
3: Yeah, that's right, and my first one. On my, in any respect, so it's. Uh, I, I think I said to Ben Dorries the other yesterday. I said my first win was at Narrow Mine only two <laughs> years ago, uh, and I'm not t- sure too many racing fans have been to Narrowmine, but uh, it's been a. Yeah, it's. A, I, and I, I say this very proudly. It's a privilege to share it with my father. He's always done. He's done a lot for me, and it's. Um, again, I, I. He had this horse in training well before I joined up in the partnership so i'm along for the ride but it's an enjoyable one well the one diva chapter was um not,
0: not closed yesterday but certainly another chapter to the to the book but we look towards the spring because it's not too far away richard and will Friedman, what are we looking forward to from the stable of the in the coming months
3: uh i think luna rocks is probably one of the more exciting horses we've got um she's for she's a part of the racing league um concept she's a and she'll be back for the spring hopefully targeting some of the some of the even the black type races even even potentially some some higher races than that if she can come back in great order um but we'll be back up in Queensland next Saturday for the Calandra Cup we had um we'll we'll bring Alec Ahan up there um next Saturday just had a bit of bad luck this weekend, was meant to run um, in the Tats Cup or even the Sayers Cup in, in Sydney and unfortunately just shifted the shoe and had to had to take some treatment for that, but nothing nothing to concern yourself about. But um, he'll be up there. And I, if you watch his trial at Hawkesbury last week, you, he's going super. So I'm, I'm expecting a big result from him next weekend. We'll take the tip.
0: Thanks for the, being with us this morning and uh, a special moment yesterday and... Uh, she did your proud One Diva. Thanks for being with us. No, thank you so much, boys. Have a good weekend. There is Will Freeman, joining us uh, discussing One Diva, and uh, a bit like Startoldays, eh? can't make, well, hard to make an excuse for any other horse. Couldn't she, possibly make an excuse for another one. <laughs> she did it tough, and uh, and she was too good for them. Prime candidate second. He's a good old campaigner, just keeps uh, boxing away. Range is always honest in third. Shooting for gold, they truckloaded him. He, he <laughs> I think he nearly the favourite. Almost favourite, I don't know what to make of him. I'm at sixes and sevens because I've been potting him at one stage saying he wasn't a really genuine 1,200-metre horse of this grade, yet he ran so well last start. I fell into him yesterday. And yeah. I know he was three wide, but he was three wide with cover. He was behind the winner. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he, has, he hasn't run in the top three.
1: Um, It's a good feeling when you're on a horse at $10 and start 480 and uh, loom up like he did. And he just he just didn't... It it a good feeling. Don't you get nervous? You say... You know, oh, you, you know which way it's going to go. You, you always know how it's going to play out. It, it happens more against you than for you. But, there was just... It, maybe there's a little issue there that he's just not finishing off, or maybe he's best as a dynamite thousand meter horse where he just lets go for that really dynamic sprint. Mm. And and Baller was certainly sound in fifth with the sixty.
0: He He's got too far
1: back uh, um, in that race where they've come home in sub thirty five.
0: King of Sparta was wobbly in the market and seemed to have his chance. That was
1: where. It went.
0: That was the Healy. Let's go now to the the staying feature, the Tattersalls Cup. Estefini was. Uh, Bit of a wobbly favourite, and clearly London Banker was the best back runner. Things liven up as they come to the turn of the cup. 4.50 left to run. Seed of Power with a kick. Leads from Estee the outside. London Banker goes back to the rail. Plenty of room there. Then Bonnie Ezra, now under a bit of pressure. The other three were struggling. Seed of Power led narrowly. Estee Feeney on the outside trying to get on terms. And now London Banker sweeping through to the rail and looking pretty good. London Banker, throw on the inside. Took the lead from Seed of Power. Estee Feeney can do no more. But the London Banker, he'll pay delay and wins the Tats Cup and what it easily, beat seat of Power, SD third every possible, fourth not short, Top Order or body Ezra, his run was short-lived, and the last two over the line, Luna Snit and Honourable Spirit. Well, they said they celebrated Heathcote's house till the early hours of the morning. What was happening in the Schweda residence? We'll find out because Kelly Schweda is joining us now. Good morning. Good morning, David. Well, you sound a bit um... dusty as well.
4: No, no, we uh, went out for dinner, but early night, and uh, we were up at 3 a.m. this morning or 3.30 and into work.
0: Yeah, you were going to work and they were just fin- finishing up. But...
4: Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> hey. I think it was Vicky's 60th birthday too. Oh, no, 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 40th. Yeah, 40th. Yeah, 40, yeah, sorry, 50th, yeah. 40th? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, 40th, yeah, sorry. Get it right. Now, yeah. this is a good day for you. You've won two tiaras in the past and a double E yesterday, and um, you... you You've you felt a sense of achievement here that, that you know you, you set horses for races and it comes yeah. off, and this has been the case with this horse
4: yesterday. Yeah, look, it doesn't happen very often, David, but this has been the plan sort of a long time ago, this race in the Caloundra Cup. Um, he won four in a row last year, but we were at an awkward time and he wasn't a magic million horse or anything, so we decided to bite the bullet and give him... Uh, he had nearly 10 weeks or, or 11 weeks off and then back in work and been a steady... Steady play since, and um, took him a while to get his fitness levels up. And um, you know, he, I thought it was a good run the other day. Jamie Carr wrote him and said he nearly fell out of the straight. I think Craig Williams might have got time, and um, she said uh, you know he was right on track for where we were heading, and it played out that way.
1: His last two runs sort of proved that, didn't they? His run uh, behind Splendiferous and Sweet Thomas was very good over that same course, the 2400. And then to run so well at the weight for age, it, it gives you plenty of options, doesn't it, with a staying horse that you know is competitive with those type of horses? Especially when you get up to that distance, Nathan. You know, he
4: he hadn't won over 2400, but he'd raced in New Zealand over 2300, and, and you know, I've won a 2200 with him. So if you can run that trip you're you're you're, you're always competitive in these type of races mm. you know at the end of the season
0: and that's the other good point too that as we get to the end of the season there seems to be a lot of these staying races and generally uh, the numbers are light not large and mm. uh, if you've got the, the right sort of horse well it's it's fun times which he showed yesterday and he'll 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 back up the 7 day backup no drama
4: yeah, well, we ticked that box last time in was more or less. Uh, he, he's backed up and won before, seven days. So that's always in the back of your mind, but he has ticked that box before. So he'll have a light week, David, and, and he'll go to the beach a couple of days. And and um, I think Jimmy Orman will ride him if he gets his weight next Saturday.
1: Would that be it for him next Saturday or press on yeah. further? Yep.
4: No, I think that's it. He's, he's done a good job.
1: So is he good enough to take south, do you think, Kelly, later in the year? Um. Look,
4: I'm not sure, Nathan. Um, you know, you, there's nothing wrong with these prize money races here, mm-hmm. you know. Like,
1: mm-hmm. that was 115000
4: of the winner, I think, and I think the Calendar Cup's 175000
1: of the winner, you know. He says he thinks. He, he knows down to the cent. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you,
4: you know me well, Nathan. You've been talking to Bart Sinclair. <laughs> I was going to
0: bring him in later, but um, uh, we'll leave him for a while. But, uh Ronald Judy Wallace, just tell us how the association started there. <laughs>
4: Yeah, look, I've trained for Ronnie and Judy for probably you know, nearly twenty years, really. Um, I don't know how it came about, really. Might have been through Kevin Thomas at Washville Lodge, I think, maybe. But um, yeah, look, I've trained a lot of a lot of nice horses for them. They've been very good to me. They're good to train for. I had a good filly uh, called Cup Hill for him. She won about five or six in a row, and um, yeah, know been training for them for a long time, and they're, they're good to train for.
0: Well, speaking about people good to train for, you made mention of this yesterday, post-race, the people who race Tyrese are good to train for, and she bobbed up at good odds, 21 bucks, if you don't mind.
4: Yeah, look, I thought she was over the odds. Um, um, she's a really well-bred filly. She's black tight now. She's a three-quarter sister to Capitalists. These are much the same clients. A lot of these clients race Miss Hipster and, and a lot of those horses... Um, Magic Conqueror, Magic Fox, and I've known Glenn Betts in Townsville, the main sort of um, owner behind a, a lot of these. horses. I've known him all my life, really. I sort of grew up with um, in that era in Townsville. Um, so it was really good, and now she's a valuable little filly, you know. And, look... I- Larry thought, you know, I thought she was way over the odds, $21. Larry said she got beat three lengths in the Group 1 the other day, and he thought she just balked a little bit, probably should have finished the length closer. So if you're getting beaten two lengths in the Group 1, you're hard to beat the listed race, I think.
1: She she was impressive at Eagle Farm in April, Kelly, but it looked a thin race there. Then I thought it's possibly slightly disappointing behind Green Shadow when maybe ridden a little differently. But... You obviously thought enough of it to go into the the size JJ double.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, once you won that race, Nathan, we thought that was a logical option, the 14. That run was really disappointing. But Mm. I don't know what she did that day. She'd never got a heartbeat up at all, you know, um, heart rate up at all. Um, Vette looked at her and said, you know, she hasn't hasn't tried a a yard. But whether the, the track was very firm that day. Whether that didn't suit her, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just one of those things I've seen. So we proceed, proceeded, and um, I thought her runs were were quite solid. And um, she got into the open yesterday, and she was very strong late. You know.
0: Yeah. The other feature to to her is that when she began her campaign this year, it was it's generally a quiet time of year where you know, horses who aren't the best horses can win races. The numbers are small and the quality is not high. But she has gone on from there to go to the winter so she's been up for some time so she must be uh, uh, is she a filly with a good constitution
4: yeah she's a good sort of a filly though she's a big girl too and and, and you're right when when I run I didn't have only that she runs so well at Ipswich and then she won again she's a big girl you would think she's a three-year-old you know so these um this popped in her head really about the size and and the in the, in the group one, and that after she won at Eagle Farm, really. So she's been in work a long time. Um, she's a good doer and, and a good sort with it, I, I think. And you know, she's she's going to go for a break now. But um, yeah, look, she she might even get you know a ten furlong next year. I don't know. She as a, she's got a good pedigree, but a bit more of a speed pedigree. But um, you know, all she can do is win, and, and she was very strong late there in that race.
1: Kelly, terrific to see uh, Hayley back at the races yesterday. I think that's the first time since the birth of Bub, and she, she brought the good luck charm. So does that mean there's the standing order now that uh, Bub has to go to the races all the time? Yeah, maybe,
4: maybe. It's always, as say, it's been a good uh, meeting to me this um, uh, touch, um, touch day, so uh, maybe.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Uh, that, she's a good luck charm. I speak of bad luck charms, um, and you mentioned Sinclair before. Does he ever stop... Uh, critiquing your training, or is that just part of having having horses with him that you've got to cop this all the time?
4: Yeah, yeah, no, he... he. Um, everyone tells me he pots me when he gets to a function <laughs> and that, but every time he does, I just put another roll of last pass on his bill so exactly. he can keep potting me all he likes. His bill <laughs> just gets
0: it to steer it. He <laughs> on on and on. And on. <coughs> hey, <laughs> congratulations on yesterday. Good day at the office, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. There he is, oh, Kelly Schweda, the bloke in racing and uh, a training double there with London Banker and Tyresa. And worth putting in with Tyresa too, no fluke about the performance, mm. gave them a start and gave them a beating almost three legs.
1: And it looked at, I think we spoke about it, it, it looked a reasonably deep stakes race, that one, for, for this time of the carnival. Um, Pot's not having a lot of luck, but she's obviously got the ability that things will fall into place for her soon enough. Kematori's obviously got uh, above-average ability as well. So I think the formal from that race will stack up. Um Someone said to me, he said, the difference between 1,300 and 1,400 metres at Eagle Farm is massive. He said the, the sprinters can get the 1,300, but 1,400 soon finds them out, and uh, I think that's the case with uh, Johnny Rocky Johnny yesterday. Rocky, yeah. and Chase and Artie just
0: couldn't Ooh, go in the early part of the straight. Yet y- y- When they went past the post, it was just behind the place getters, mm. so uh, hard to assess that run. That was the Tattersall's life member. So well, we'll listen to that race a little later in the program, but let's go to the... One of the main features of the day, and this always attracts a lot of interest, the Battle of the Bush, and uh, as we said at the top of the show, Brett Moody was the broadcaster of the race. Let's have a listen to the replay.
5: Heads are turned for home in the Battle of the Bush now, Ella Beach tackled by Beware, VJ Day, Moody Bay pushing into the clear now, followed by News on the outside and running on fairly as Expellable, but hitting the lead is Moody Bay, Moody Bay, VJ Day going with Moody Bay, they settle down to fight it out, but it's uh, coming clear now, Moody Bay, and they're going to do it again, it's Cairns and Stanley taking the Battle of the Bush from VJ Day. Now Kettleston has rushed up into third place, and fourth might have been Jarhead third and fourth. A photo followed by Cappuccino, and then came Expellable, not too far away. Followed then by uh, Galapagos, well back, Massini. Then came Arwinichi, followed by uh, Such a Wit, Raiden folded up in the running. Then came Ellabeach, Beware, well back also. Frisco's image hits news, and uh, one of the last to cross. Across the uh, line, there was uh, pulling up quickly, hit snooze in the 2022 Battle of the Bush final.
0: Yes, and uh, as Brent alluded to, it was Cairns and Stanley, not Cairns the City, but Olivia Cairns, the trainer of the Moody Bay and Justin Stanley. And Olivia's with us this morning on uh, post Battle of the Bush. Olivia, good morning, congratulations.
6: Uh, good morning,
0: how are you? Yeah, how are you now? Did you celebrate big last night or not?
6: Oh, no, not really. Um, Back out to Mum's about an hour drive and we had a few drinks around the fire and a bit of a sausage sizzle and went to bed.
0: Good (laughs) on you. You know, uh, you and Justin teamed up with Mason's chance to win the the first Battle of the Bush and that must have been a tremendous thrill. And probably the next day you say, well, I'd love to win it again, but it doesn't always work out that way, but you've been able to do it.
6: Yeah, no, it's it's no it's no easy feat. Um, not just to get to win the final, but to actually get to the final, it's it's quite a um, it's quite a job. You know, the horses have to have had five country runs to be able to go in a qualifier, and then you have to win a qualifier to get into the final. And um, it, it sounds easy, but you try and take a horse to the country five times. I mean, it pretty well takes up a whole campaign, you know, and things are got to go right for you know for it to work out. But um, yeah, we've been lucky enough to pull it off twice.
1: Give us the background to a Merty Bay uh, in terms of how he ended up in your stable.
6: Um, we bought him um, off an auction, uh, a George um auctioning, uh, good owners of mine, Mel um, and Brad Bates, um, and my money, they go sort of hard in um, a lot of the horses and... He was one Brad actually, found him on the site. And, um, yeah, I liked him. Of course, he sort of asked me if I liked him. And I liked him and sort of pushed pushed by him. And um, that's, that's how we ended up with
0: him. He had a pretty good record in Victoria. He was considered above average. But one thing, Olivia, the, the, putters, the putters knew yesterday with a moody boat. It's reflected in the flux 350 to 290. But I think twice in the last, say, six months you've brought him to Brisbane in races that were certainly better races than yesterday class-wise, and he ran really well. That run behind on the
6: lead was fantastic that day. Yeah, well, he only got beat half a length mm. in uh, Fleming two starts ago. Yeah, look, the form around him was, was really good um, going into that race yesterday, like Smart Meteor come out and won the Ipswich Cup, and Sir Warwick, uh, he beat him in the Fitzroy. Um, well, he came out and run third in the and so it was, it was very good form going into it, but... Like I say, you always need luck. Things can go wrong no matter how good they are and everything can get beat, but uh, heavens were facing us yesterday and we pulled it
1: off. You talk about needing luck, but he's pretty cool, Justin Stanley, isn't he? Obviously, you've got this long association with him, but uh, he never panicked at all yesterday, put him in the box seat and and just backed himself to find the gaps and uh, that's the way it panned out. Yeah,
6: no, he's a very good rider. I've had a a lot of success with him over the years actually the first ride I ever gave Justin was um it was called Forest Pride and it was the Townsville Cup so that was where we kicked off together so it we was sort of on a high at the beginning um it was a bit of a story the horse Paul Saunders was booked to ride the horse and the day before acceptances he had a fall at Mowi and I was left without a rider and um yeah so Justin was lucky enough to pick up the ride and that's where we started and We've gone on. We've won Townsville Cups, Cairns Amateur Cups, the Battle of the Bush, um, many winners along the way. I've had a a great friendship with him. It's been a long time now, probably about 20 years. Um, So, yeah. Olivia... Good rider and probably deserves a little bit more opportunity in town. Um, I mean, I've brought horses to town before and and Justin's piloted them to win as well. So, So, yeah. Sometimes
0: these new races, they're novel to begin with and they lose their novelty, but... This was the fourth running yesterday. This battle of the bush concept and the whole series and the final at Eagle Farm on the big stage—it hasn't lost its, um, its, its its strength and its power. It, it's it's a uh, it's a big thing for people in the country to try and aim to win this race, isn't it?
6: Yeah, no. Look, I think it's been great for racing, and, and I actually think it's sort of getting stronger every year. The quality of horse, um, you know, the sort of like last year, rather celebrity well. You know, she was good enough to win even the Country Cups final. So, you know, that takes a fair horse to be able to do something like that. And, like I say, the form with them around Moody Bay going into this race yesterday was, was strong. You know, it's it's probably more than country form, but um, people are sort of going out and, you know, finding a better quality animal to try and qualify them. And it's made the race stronger each year, I think, and it'll probably only continue to improve.
0: Yeah, that's what it's all about. Thanks for your time this morning. Great day for you yesterday. and Start planning for 2023 now.
6: we'll see what happens
0: (laughs) thanks Olivia thank
6: you very much
0: Olivia Cairns the trainer of a moody bay and Justin Stanley the winning jockey no no rest for the wicket he's riding at Rocky today Mm -hmm. Townsville on Tuesday he's a great journeyman but uh, uh, there's no doubt in his riding skill but I think he's happy he's doing what he's he's doing He's, he's, he's I so say, realised his niche. He, he knows you've
1: got, you've got a word, and, um, and he can do that. And it's still good satisfaction in lining up against the big name riders yesterday and producing a ten out of ten. I think Olivia makes an interesting point there about how the quality of the race improved. Now we watched the betting on that race, and we you know, look been, tends to be dismissive of the race and say, "Oh, we don't understand mm. that." But that form there for that horse yesterday just jumped off the page for anyone to see. In lining up, you know, Sir Warwick and uh, those two runs at Eagle Farm, as you alluded to, and punters latched onto that. Brett Moody made two good points from when we were talking
0: off-air yesterday. One, he said, now with the uh, On The Bit, um, uh, which has replays of all these country races, Mm. non-tabs, we can get a a better appreciation of the form. And he said, "Uh, that's certainly now defined the betting. He said, once they just put up at $6 the field and no-one had a clue.
1: That's right. That's exactly
0: right. But now, with a greater appreciation and understanding... The betting is becoming a little bit more re- refined
1: as such. Mm, shout out to those who took the $1. sixty at Thangool um, about uh, Murdy Bay first up where he was rolled <laughs> in a $9,000 race there. I'm not sure if you caught the replay of that or not, but it does look an anomaly in amongst otherwise uh, impeccable form.
0: I actually had something on this horse that Mount Perry would have won at a non-tab meeting. There's Did a you? a story to that. But uh, One yeah. of your runners was able to get on the yeah, for you? one of my runners was there that day to, to back uh, out of Mount Perry. It's the only time I've probably ever been a better at Mount Perry, but it won. <laughs> now, we'll take a break, Mr. Coordinator, if that's OK, because we've still got a few races we will to have a listen to, but we'll take a break here on Pass the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. Back to continue our review of Eagle Farm out of the break. This is Pass the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. As we said, thanks for your company this morning. Archer Park Racing presenting past the post. ArcherParkRacing.com.au is the website. Let's go to the Edward Street Brisbane three-year-old fillies feature. And Rhapsody Rose was the favourite. Fetch and Rhapsody Rose matching motors around the bend. Avalade's had a hard runner. naught near the rail. Burning Bell trying to make ground between runners. So too invincible tears but ran out of room. Then Tillianam and Abba now put on the red line. Starts to come down the outside. Rhapsody Rose shook off Fetch. Tillianam running on resolutely. And put on the red line is still coming. Rhapsody Rose she's all out. Tillianam got to win. Put on the red line. We'll have the last shot. But Tillianam's the leader. Rhapsody Rose boxing away. Tillianam too good. Driving clear. Tillianam one, B-Name Rhapsody Race, photo third, either Burning Bell, put on the red light, or on the inside, Fear Naught. Then Invincible Tears, you're all that, followed by Fetch, Miss Tambo, and Avalonte last over the line. Tilly you, Nam, a very recent addition to Tony stable. He gave her a trial at Doomben earlier in the month and produced her first run... For Team Gollum yesterday, and she collected the money. Hugh Bowman riding.
1: She showed a bit of ticker too. She was under siege there halfway up the running. Probably couldn't get enough on the stable mate to put on the red light halfway mm. up. But um, she kicked in, and she's a fourteen hundred meter horse down south as well. So she's got plenty of options uh, for her. So she'll be well placed here in southeast Queensland. Formerly with Gay Waterhouse, Gate Waterhouse
0: and Adrian Button, of course, raced by Newgate uh, Rhapsody Rose. She she boxed on well, but
1: probably can go a little better. Yeah, as I said, yes, I'm just not convinced she's going as well as what we saw at the beginning of the, the summer carnival last year. But you can't doubt her honesty. She's um, she's putting in now. Yeah, I thought they all had every chance in that race. Tilly and
0: M, the winner. Let's uh, have a listen back now to the win of Tyresa in the Life Members Stakes. This was the listed two-year-old event. Flattening for home now, they've got 400 left to run. Johnny Rocker giving his cue quickly went by Resistible, who was immediately under pressure, Thelwell working to the clear, that Elias star whistling spirit victory moments, where's Chase and Arnie a long way back and doing nothing Johnny Rocker in front but victory moments is closing, so is Thelwell and so is Tyresa, they got to Johnny Rocker and Tyresa might be the one, sprinting hard and fast, raced up, hit the lead and went away to win, big day for Schweda. Tyresa, beat home honeypot emerging late, photo third Three moments or Chasinati ran his race in patches. Kamaturi oh, rather, then Chasinati, followed by a media scandal. Thelwell didn't come on and ordered Johnny Rockery Peak today. Then came Eliezer Star. well back in the field, whistling spirit and he dropped off. Resistible did likewise. And Dark Harmony out towards the tail. Yes, and Tyrese are winning there. Larry Cassidy riding for Kelly Shweta. We've discussed that race in some detail, from Honeypot and Kamatori. Let's go to the uh, uh, first feature of the day. This was the Tats Gold Crown, the third race. And our intrigue was on the seven-day backup, came out of the Ipswich Cup and was... Not only the odds on favourite, but a well-backed odds on favourite in the end. $1.50 the SP. Rebel Rama in the straight 300 left to run. There's a bit of a kick there. 1-2 with the shillelagh. Leads from Elusive Jula immediately under pressure. Our intrigue being called upon now. Starts to put in strongly. Then came Little Meeks. Rebel Rama in front. Our intrigue on the outside slowly but surely is bridging the gap. But Rebel Rama is still in front. And Rebel Rama will lead all of the way. Rebel Rubber be now intrigue. Bridesmaid again. Third over the line, little mix and fourth elusive jewel. Then endorphins to fight it. Tick tock, tick tock. Last over the line. You were right on this one. She doesn't half agree. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you were wrong, but you were right. You liked elusive jewel, but you did say our intrigue. Uh, you know, might be a bit shy of uh, getting to the winning post first, yeah. and
1: that seemed to be the case yesterday. It does, and like she raced. Well, I made the point. She races well against good horses like Yonkers, but. Um, She's just pretty one-dimensional, isn't she? And look, full credit to Tommy Berry took up the running and controlled the race. And, um, yeah, she's a, she had a good time of it in Queensland Rebel Rama. She contested the Oaks mm. last year. She wasn't up to that. But she ran well in that Magic Millions, uh, the Sub-Zero, for third earlier in the year and um, now wins this stakes race. I believe she'll be sort of headed back towards that same race next year.
0: It was Tommy Berry's fifth Blake-type win during our carnival. The This race... Uh you know, only seven runners. What do you think? Uh, does it have a future?
1: I wouldn't think so. I mean, there's just not enough stays to go around and then to, to split the two staying races on the one day. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think, think it this originally it was a 1,600-metre listed race for all comers, and so it's had a big change. Yeah, we've had,
0: we've had seven in the Gold Crown and seven in the Tattersall's Cup, uh, so the, the pool was diluted, and, and I think you're right. It's just the the pool is is, is not there, and, you know, uh, racing Queensland and the Tannis Club, they're prepared to make changes. Remember last year that two-year-old race was 1,800 metres,
1: but yeah. that didn't work. There were five runners and mm. they went back to 1,400. So at the end of every carnal, they'll, they'll sit down and, and look at what worked, what didn't, and just make the necessary changes. For, on the main part, though, the, the changes that have been made have, have worked really well. Certainly have. There's one uh,
0: race we, we won't listen to, but it's worth commenting on Uncommon James. Mm. Uh, well,
1: fancy to win first up, and and he looks a very exciting prospect. He may well be hard to say the most promising horse to come out of the meeting, but he'll be winning good races. This horse that was a an arrogant display, David. Mm. First up after fifty four weeks, I think he, he had a hock injury. Um, I was being told yesterday. So they'll I think there's a race in a couple of weeks there at Doomben, which is a three year old race. The David McCarthy, right? Mm. So he'll run there, and then they'll possibly look at a, a southern trip for him um, later in the year. Yeah, I heard uh, Matt Hoy said saying post
0: race uh, early season uh, Melbourne mm. races. So no, he, he's very good, uncommon James. And you know, when you consider uh, he'd been off the scene for what one year and two weeks, and was able to to win and win easily, um, says volumes I think for the horse's ability. Yeah. Well, that was Eagle Farm, and of course, next Saturday the carnival officially concludes. Just seems like we were starting, but here we are now coming to an end with, of course, the Caloundra Cup that's listed 175,000, the Glasshouse listed 175,000, but the big one of the day is the Wing Skiddies Group 3, 200,000 for the three year olds. Let's turn our attention to Royal Rambug yesterday, raced on a soft five, and we'll go to the listed Civic Stakes. Here's the replay.
7: Taksu going for it here and now. Top of the straight. Four lengths clear from Tamahari. Maria Mir next. Then Grove Ferry, Dawn Passage. Cariff running a race. And Mubris heads the others. 200 metres left to run. Taksu a couple clear. Maria is cutting to the margin back on the inside. Looks like Elvis very late. Taksu in front. They're starting to close. Taksu needing the post. Oscar Zulu late. Taksu won it. Taksu just... Taksu beat Oscar Zulu, who jumped up out of the ground but ran out of time. Looks like Elvis, I think, third from Maria Mia, Then followed by Cariff. Further back to Tamahari. Next in, Lightning Jack, True Detective, Grove Fairy, all-time legend, Luumi and Muburiz, East Asia and Dawn Passage. Got a great affinity
0: with rain-affected tracks. Mm. I know it was only a soft five and probably bordering on a good four, but um, he's... he. Um... Took control of the race and they never they never got near him. Glenn Schofield riding for Joe Pratt. Of course, we saw him here in the BRC sprint when he was, we considered him a
1: false favourite that day. Yeah, he got right out of the market. That's exactly right. So I was looking at this race yesterday thinking, well, good four. Um, it's got to be some sort of a risk, but um, no, he's proved himself more than just a one-trick pony. Obviously, plenty of form in that race coming out of recent events here in Queens. And we've seen Oscar Zula here as well. Speaking of Brisbane form, let's go to another Royal
0: Ramic replay. This was the benchmark 88.
7: Majorati hit the front at the top of the rise. Francesco Gardi runs on. Solar Apex out deeper. Warari falls coming in the middle. 150 to go. Majorati jars from Francesco Gardi. Warari falls and Solar Apex. Francesco Gardi. Majorati's kicking back. Francesco Gardi. Francesco Gardi. Just did a bit the better than Majorati. 30, the Major Artie. Third either Solar Apex or Orary Falls. Then followed by Phillipsburg. Further back, Knight of Power, Mr G Mirren. Cord. A break then to uh, Thorin, who went rather quick but stopped. And Milkman, one of the last ones in. We were all over Francesco
0: Gardi like a rash up here when it won that 1,400 <laughs> metre race. Uh, went up to 1,800 yesterday
1: and uh, completed the assignment. And maybe that was the... As far as he wanted, David, he, he put the race away and he was just on, on tired legs at the end or, or maybe it was just a step from fourteen to 1,800, but um, that pallid form it's strong, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I bet it'll be
0: next Saturday, in that glass <laughs> house. Uh, Major Arty, of course, running second. He, he won up here in the early part of the carnival. I see your horse won yesterday at uh, Royal Rabbit Ramec- I remember calling at Ipswich one day and I said, well, that's its birthday, shameless miss. I see it's won three races in Sydney since then, so...
1: I've I think still they're looking
0: a... at some better races for it. Mm. Um... I'll have to reassess her as a, a progressive stayer.
1: Yes, yes. She, she put them away pretty comfortably,
0: didn't she? Certainly did. Brad Davidson was in good form. Not uh, Nothing sweet about me it was his best value yesterday. They got the money at $9. That was the action at Royal Ramwick, And, of course, they raced at Caulfield. Inundation was impressive in winning there. Won the uh, the sixth race by a good space. I've got an
1: embarrassment of riches in their merging three-year-olds, the, the Price Kent team. Mm. Certainly have.
0: Well, that's it for this morning. Thanks for your time, Nathan. Now, you won't be with me next week.
1: No, I won't. I'll be um, having a week off. See you in two weeks' time. Look forward to that. And,
0: folks, we'll see you next Sunday. And, of course, I'll see you tomorrow, I'll see you tomorrow morning, but I uh, hope you'll join me tomorrow morning for Press Room. We'll have all of our regular panellists as we wind down the, the Queensland Racing Carnival, but things are starting to hot up as far as the harness and greyhounds are concerned. And We'll discuss that tomorrow. Look forward to your company then. You have a good day. Bye-bye.